fed up of floor robes, driven to distraction and drowning with doom boxes, tired of living in chaos? Welcome to Decluttering Untangled, how to declutter when you're overwhelmed, ADHD or autistic. I'm going to help you uncover the secrets to decluttering, no matter what hurdles you face. You'll discover how to declutter, de-stress and transform your world. I'm Heather Tingle, reformed hoarder, neurodivergent declutter queen and your guide through the maze of mess. Let's get untangled. Hello, Untanglers. Welcome to my first ever episode of Decluttering Untangled. I'm your host, Heather Tingle, and today we're diving into the wonderful world of zoning. Yep, you heard me right, zoning. It's nothing to do with zoning out, although that is something I do quite frequently, and I hope you're not doing that right now. But zoning is the essential first step for decluttering properly, like truly properly, that we get it done and we do it once and we do it forever. So when a home's cluttered, you'll find that you end up putting things wherever they'll fit, not necessarily where they actually should be or what's best for you. You shove stuff in drawers or in cupboards wherever you can because you need to quickly tidy or you need to hide things from people or the kids or you need to hide things in case people come round. And there's no order to it really. And because everything's so jumbled, when you get to those spaces, you've got no idea what you can find. It's like a sad treasure hunt where you find rusty old screws and birthday cards that you kept meaning to send, but you never got around to. It might mean that you've got piles of doom. Now, doom stands for didn't organize, only moved, if you didn't know what that was. And you might have got doom piles or boxes or bags in your home. And these doom piles just seem to keep moving about. So they might be on your sofa but then get plonked on the floor so you can sit down when you need your sofa. And then they end up back on the sofa again when you want to hoover up. The thing about piles of doom is that they magically multiply and you can never figure out where they are or exactly what's in them. You might find that there's no one place to look for things. So before I decluttered my Um, my paperwork, my paperwork filing system was meant to be a massive four drawer metal filing cabinet. It was huge. It was flipping heavy as well. Um, And that had some paperwork in it. But if I'm totally honest, it also had a lot of random other crap as well in there too. And that meant if I wanted to put some paperwork in there, I couldn't. It was absolutely chock-a-block, jam full already. So then I thought, right, well, I'm going to expand where my paperwork lives. So in the end, I got a filing cabinet, two drawers for paperwork, and there was no organisation to it. But then if I needed a, a specific piece of paper, it could have been in any of those three, but it also could have been behind the mantelpiece, in a pile on the stairs, in the kitchen, on the fridge, in my bedroom on the sofa, in the loft, on the dining table, in a doom bag, in a doom pile. There were so many places I had to look for like one thing. And this meant the stress of finding, for example, I, you know, I forgot to prove who I was or needed to take a recent bill for something. The stress of finding it was absolutely huge, which meant I put loads of things off because finding the paper was too stressful. So for example, things like um, getting my insurance renewal done before it automatically renewed. That never, ever happened because the stress of finding it 
was just too great. It was easier just to let it auto renew. Or if I'm honest, I didn't know when it was going to renew. I never found it out because I didn't open the the envelopes, didn't know the paperwork, didn't have it written down anywhere. So it just auto renewed without me even knowing about it. And then if I did want to change it, I couldn't do anything about it because it was so far ahead. So it just felt like I was living in, first of all, I was living in a, a, a paper snowball. It was just everywhere. But there were so many different places I had to look and that made me so stressed. So I know what a challenge day-to-day life really is, especially when we're dealing with the overwhelm of clutter, especially if you're ADHD or autistic like me, or you're just overwhelmed by it all. So what we need to do right now, grab a cup of tea, glass of wine, and cozy up and let's get right into it. Let me tell you all about zoning. So where in the world do you start when your house seems like an absolute explosion of chaos? The answer lies in a technique that to me changes absolutely everything and that's zoning. Zoning, my dear untanglers, is all about creating areas in your home that are designed for a specific activity or purpose. So it's not just about storing items away out of sight um, or where there's space for them. It's about storing them in a way that serves your daily life. And one room might contain many different zones or areas. So I was working with a client this week and you won't believe this, we barely removed anything. And yeah, that's weird her for a declutterer to spend three hours and not even declutter anything. Um, That sounds like it was a total waste of time, but oh my word, it was not. The thing is, sometimes you just need to start by zoning things before you can even think about decluttering. It really is your first step. It's like setting the stage for a declutter. Everything is in the right place first so you can see what you've got and only then start to then decision make. And that's the great thing about zoning. So it can be done without too much brain stress. Now, I'm not saying it's not totally stressful because it can be when you live in a totally chaotic house. It can feel like you're zoning forever. But decluttering itself takes a lot of brain energy up. And that's because you're having to make decisions and there's loads of emotions attached to those decisions. You're thinking a million different questions and your brain's going all the time, asking itself loads of questions that you've got to try and answer with a, am I going to keep it? Am I not? If it's going, where's it going? If it's staying, where's it living? And all those kind of questions. But zoning's not like that. And the great thing about zoning, it's not irreversible. So when you declutter, we like to think that our decisions are are irreversible. I'll tell you now, they're not, but you will think that to start off with. So when you're having decisions with lots of emotion, you think they're irreversible, but zoning is easily undone. You're deciding what zones you have in what room, and then you're putting items into each zone. But here's the tricky part. It can look like it gets worse before it gets better. Decluttering is all about ebbs and flows and ups and downs. It's not a linear journey. It isn't something that you start in one place and finish in another and it's all smooth sailing. It isn't. Um, It does get worse before it gets better. So suddenly when you start to zone, you end up with piles of stuff everywhere. Rooms that you thought were on their way to becoming beautiful and all zen-like, those spaces can end up looking like a complete nightmare again. You're unearthing that hidden clutter that perhaps wasn't causing a problem before. So all those things in cupboards and in drawers and under the stairs and all those little hiding places and nooks and storage solutions that you'd found, they're no longer serving you because you're kind of throwing everything up in the air 
and watching it all fall back down again. So that's one of the downsides you need to be prepared for. As I know, with our perfectionist all or nothing brains, we don't like this bit. We don't like imperfection. We don't like it looking messy and unorganized, even though it was before, but it does get worse. And and to be fair, I know if you're anything like me, I am so impatient. Um, I want something perfect tomorrow. I want that magic transformation um, that you see all over the TV. And zoning does not give you that to start off with. So impatience might creep in and you're not letting go of anything to start off with. And that can feel quite frustrating. It's like, yep, okay, Heather, I'm ready to declutter. I've got my um, I've got my bin bags ready. Um, and then suddenly you realize that actually you're not really making decisions straight away. You're not letting go of things. But trust me, this is where it gets exciting because with zoning, you can let go of those easy wins that you find. So those bits of rubbish or the easy decision makers, as you go through it as a first sift, you know those things can go. So, And you are making progress even if you're only zoning. So let's talk about the benefits of zoning. So zoning is a little bit like having a roadmap to begin to declutter. Now, being autistic, I thrive with having plans. But my ADHD brain needs a bit of variation and a bit of fun to go along with it. So in my world, if I've got a plan with a start and a finish point, I'm all right. I can go at it and full on hyper focus on it. Or if I get bored, when I come back to it, I know what point I left it at. And zoning, you not only have a plan and can see the zones emerge, but it also gives you like a blueprint for decluttering that's tailored to you as well. So it means that before you've even decluttered, you're narrowing down the places you need to look for something. So for example, I would then know once I've zoned my paperwork, when it's all in one place, there's only one place, although it might be a big pile, there's only one place that I'm going to be looking for that one bill that I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a random shoe, it's not going to be in four different places in my house or in my car. It's only going to be in my shoe zone, for example. So, so often you don't know or can't remember what you've got. And it's really hard to visualize and quantify how much stuff we've got. So it helps that you can see the volume of items in a specific zone. And that helps you figure out what kind of storage options you might need Here's a little side side note. Do not buy storage until you've totally and utterly decluttered, even though it's really tempting. It also lets you know how many items you need to let go of to fit that stuff in a specific space before you've even started the process of decluttering. It also helps you not buy duplicates of items as you can see what you've got as they're all together. I can't even begin to tell you how many rolls of sellotape and how many nail files I had when I zoned my house. Let's just say I've only had to buy sellotape once in eight years as I got through my stockpile. And I'm sure I must have given Wolverine a run for his money with all the nail files I had. But the thing is, until I zoned it, I'd got no idea I had so many because I just didn't know where they were. And when I wanted one, I could never find one. Now let's talk about the types of zoning and let me give you some real life examples because I I really struggle without an example for me to be able to work to. So let me give you a few. So in each room in your house, you'll have got different activities that you do in there, either ones you currently do or ones you want to do. 
So if you think about your kitchen, for example, it's not just about throwing everything in cabinets and in drawers and making it all pretty like the home edit. It's about creating functional zones like a breakfast zone, for example, a baking zone, an entertaining zone, a keep it away from the kids zone, because let's face it, PV, you know, UPV glue and glitter, we don't want that anywhere near the kids. Um, a command centre, I love that, command centre, it's so American. Um, I call it, because I'm proper British, um, I call it an action station. Um, and that's where I'll put my phone charger, my keys, I keep a pen, a notepad, envelopes and scissors there. You might have a cleaning zone, a shoe zone, a DIY zone, a light zone, for example, for things like your light bulbs and torches, and the list goes on. Only you know what would be in your kitchen and what kind of zones you want to put in there. In your living room, for example, you might have got an entertainment zone. This is where you realise how old I am by the things that I'm going to tell you in this next list. So this is where you might keep your DVDs, for example, your games consoles. You might have a music zone where you would put your vinyl, your tapes or your streaming gadgets, your CDs or instruments if you play musical instruments. You might have a toy zone. You might have a reading zone. You might have a candle zone. You might have a stationary zone, a laundry zone for that laundry pile and ironing board. And now I hasten to tell you now, I do not iron, but I understand that some people do. And here's an important tip. It's important to live your life and not somebody else's. So if, for example, you do your makeup in the kitchen while you're waiting for the kettle to boil in the morning, create a makeup zone there. Don't think it has to be in the bathroom or the bedroom because that's where it should be, according to other people. And don't have a baking zone if, like me, you don't actually bake. Here's a little ADHD warning for you. If you want to do something check that you're actually going to do it. So if, for example, you want a crochet zone because you want to sit at night and do crochet, give yourself a timeline of when you want to do that activity in that space and actually make it happen. If it doesn't happen once it's zoned, it's highly likely that even once you've decluttered, you won't do it either. So look about moving that zone or eliminating it completely. Now, don't worry if you're not catching all of this. We've got a lot to unpack in future episodes, including my step-by-step guide to decluttering, my trademark PAVE system, and that's what I use with all my clients. So I'll be teaching you that too. If you've got any questions about zoning, hop into my free decluttering Facebook community and come and ask me. The details are in the show notes. But for now, remember, zoning is a bit like playing Tetris, or it's a bit like one of those plastic sliding puzzles that you used to have when you were a kid, where one square is like missing and you can only slide the other squares around one square at a time to get the picture right. It takes time. It's frustrating as hell while you're doing it, but you can honestly, you will see progress pretty quickly and the picture emerges. And it's amazing once you've completed it, you are well on your way to decluttering. So that's it for today's episode of Decluttering Untangled. We've dived into the first steps of the magical world of zoning. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I do appreciate it. Remember that the clutter doesn't define you. It's time to untangle your life your way, and I'm going to help you do it. But first off, start by zoning. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Decluttering Untangled. If you found anything that I've said today helpful, please do me a favour, 
hit that subscribe button or leave me a review. It's like receiving a virtual high five that keeps me going and lets me know that I'm helping real people out there and I'm making a difference. Please remember, you're not alone in this. I'm building a community of fellow untanglers over on Facebook. Just visit the show notes for the link to my free decluttering community. So until next time, remember, you're not alone. You're not lazy. You can untangle your life.